1: In today's business world,
0: you need to have a
1: unique edge in order to thrive. Your show host, Lisa Chickles, understands you have to live it to get it. And she is here to give what they couldn't teach you in business school. This is Chat with Chickles featuring brand champion, Lisa Chickles. In this program, you'll hear from the experts who are already making differences in their business while picking up strategies that can help you and your business survive and thrive. Now, here's your host, Lisa Chickles.
2: Welcome. It's so great to have you here today. And I am broadcasting live from actually beautiful, sunny Toronto, Canada today. And thank you for taking the time to join me for my show, where I'm going to ask you the provocative question, another one, same as last week. Um, are you a jungle lion or a zoo lion? We're going to chat about how which one you are and how you react to change and adapt to change, and how knowing yourself and your comfort with change can provide insight into how to be a successful leader in this ever-changing business environment. So what about that question? Are you a jungle lion or a zoo lion? Do you anticipate change and carve your own path like a jungle lion? Or you're hoping that things won't change and stay the same, and happy to follow the path that's in front of you, like a zoo lion? I'm going to chat about this concept of the jungle line and the zoo line and the pros and cons of each, how it's more about a continuum with the extremes on either end, and then how we need both types in an organization in order to be successful. Last week, we chatted about leadership through change and how one company handled significant growth and consequently significant change. How their lack of planning, whether it was from an infrastructure perspective or human resources perspective, made it difficult for them to, re- to react to their ever-changing environment. So were they jungle lions or zoo lions, or were they a bit of both? And on and remember the show about leadership, we'd also chatted about the law of intuition, that a leader needs to be able to read their situation, the trends in the marketplace, the people on their team and in their organization their resources, and most importantly, themselves. This show is about being able to read yourself, understanding the type of leader you are. Are you a jungle lion or a zoo lion? And how you anticipate and react to change and how you adapt to your environment. Today's business environment is far from predictable, reliable or safe. It is ever-changing, growing and evolving. The one thing that is constant and predictable is change. I'm going to reference Spencer Johnson's book, Who Moved My Cheese, for some insight on how we can better anticipate and react to change. And I will share some of my own experiences and how I approach change and work with other lions in my environment. So this concept of a jungle lion and a zoo lion was introduced to me by a colleague. I was working at an organization and I was uh, wondering why I was so tired and why I felt like I was dragging people behind me toward a new vision. And he said, because Lisa, you're a jungle lion and you're working with a bunch of zoo lions. I was so intrigued by this concept that I asked him to explain it further. And he said, a zoo lion is waiting to be fed and looking for predictable results. Feed me the template. Give me the answer, he said. Do what's proven. Don't take risk. And the jungle lion is not waiting. They're evaluating their environment, carving new paths, and finding new answers and taking risks. He said the jungle lions will notice if their food source is dwindling or if their environment is changing, and they will find new sources of food, anticipate and adapt to the changes in their environment. And if you are working with people who think and react differently to this change in environment, it can be difficult because they may may not see what you see. But what I've also come to realize is sometimes they say things that you can't. I thought this analogy was a powerful one because I immediately had images in my mind of these two very different types of lions, both leaders and both strong, both living and surviving in their different environments. It helped me to understand why I was feeling so challenged and why I felt so alone in my journey to achieving this new vision. I'd like to share this concept and the pros and cons of both lions and how we can learn and rely upon the strengths of the other. So we can all see the change ahead and adapt accordingly. First, we have to establish which one are you naturally? Are you the jungle lion or the zoo lion? So think about these questions for a minute. How quickly do you adapt to change? Do you anticipate it? Do you see it coming? Or are you the person that says, oh my gosh, I never saw that coming? Do you notice small changes early on? Do you see the writing on the wall as they say? And then once you notice the change, do you enjoy it or does it create fear and maybe a bit of anxiety or discomfort? And are you ready to quickly change and then change again and again? So what so let's talk about it. What is this jungle lion? Let's think about a true lion and its environment and what it has to do to survive. You know, that whole rule of the jungle, the killer be killed. It doesn't know where its next meal is coming from, and it has to think of clever and new ways to survive. They may be hungry at times, they may not eat for a few days, but there is no doubt that it is the king of the jungle and has earned that respect. So if we think about the jungle lion in the workplace, well, a jungle lion has to fend for itself, assess risk and the current environment, rely on its own judgment and instincts for survival. It carves its own path and challenges ideas and brings new ideas to the organization. It knows that in order to survive and thrive, it needs to constantly be thinking, what's next? What's possible? How can I take this idea to the next level? Now, a jungle lion is not erratic. It's not unplanned. It knows its strength. It watches and it waits and assesses and it takes risks, but they're calculated risks. So... Is this you? So as we're thinking about these questions and you're visualizing all of this, does that sound like you or does that sound like you sometimes and in certain situations? Because what we do know is that we have both these lines inside of us. And depending on our situation in the environment, one comes forward and one recedes. So what do we mean by a zoo lion? How are they different? What is it about their environment that dictates their behavior? A zoo lion relies on others for survival. Just think about if you've ever been to the zoo, is fed on a schedule and is kept safe from outside harm and lives in a predictable environment. It's still a formidable creature, can kill when it needs to, can roar with the best of them, and will continue to be king of the cats and exert its authority. I wouldn't want to get in that cage with them without any protection. But there is little risk that that it has to contend with in that environment. So it learns to adapt and act like a lion, but always knowing it's going to get fed. If we think figuratively about a zoo lion in the corporate workplace, we can see a a similar analogy. A zoo lion has little risk in his environment or her environment. There are a set of rules to follow, and everyone knows what those rules are, And there is an order to things. People are clear about what is expected of them and can perform to those expectations. They're not erratic. They follow a path that is proven and minimize risk. They keep people and the business safe. So which are you? A jungle lion or a zoo lion? Is one better than the other? Can they live together in harmony and work together? What happens when they lean on each other's strengths? Let me give you a uh, let me tell you a little story to give you an example, and maybe this will also help you figure out which one are you. And then at sometimes certain characteristics lead depending on the situation. So I was um, so I was working in a business situation. I was working with a colleague, and he had basically said to me that the business world has changed. He said no one wants quality work anymore. No one wants to pay for it. They just edit it to death and then want to know why it took so long. I'm tired of these projects, he said, cutting my prices. You know, I don't really need to work, so perhaps I should pack it in. Clearly, they recognized that things had changed. So That's very much a jungle lion type quality. They observed that people were looking for different things and that times had changed. But their reaction was more like a zoo lion. Instead of fighting or carving a new path, they wanted to move on or out of the industry. So it sounds like they were a bit of both. So here was my reaction to his observation of the changes in the marketplace and whether or not we should move forward, remembering that I am the jungle lion in this story. I said, well, if the client wants it faster, better, cheaper, then perhaps we can develop a different product for this type of client. You know, with the car wash, I get a basic or express package, or I can get the VIP or the full detail package. Sometimes I want and need one, and sometimes I need and want or can afford the other. But they're both good packages, it just depends on what my needs are at the time. Instead of giving up, why don't we change the business model, I said to him. Why don't we create a product that meets the needs of the client who wants the express package? That doesn't mean we have to sacrifice our integrity or deliver a substandard product, but it does mean that we need to create a process and a set of expectations that will allow us to deliver something faster and cheaper for this kind of customer. So instead of being a zoo lion and, and, and giving up because things have changed, what about the jungle lion and changing the paradigm? So what happened? Did the zoo lion follow the jungle lion? What did the client think? And were, were we successful as a team? Well, initially my colleague liked the idea but still wasn't sure if it would work. He was hesitating to present it to the client. He also said that the client probably wouldn't buy it, has probably found someone else who's willing to do the same work for less. But he said he would call, so he clearly knew that there was something in this idea. I It certainly piqued his interest. I think he intuitively believed in the model but there was a fear that it wouldn't work. He wasn't sure. It was new and it was not proven and there were no results to point to for indicators of success. So he called the client and guess what? The client said, I love it. Can't wait to meet. Let me bring the owner. So he was obviously working with a partner and please don't rush. We can meet next week or the week after. Just let me know uh, when you guys are ready for the meeting. So a jungle lion sees that things are changing and then adapts to meet the need of the changing environment. In this case, the client need was changing. They weren't being difficult. Um, They just, you know, they didn't have a ton of money and they needed to get their product to the market as soon as possible. Telling them it's going to take six months and cost a lot of money and this is our proven and traditional process isn't reasonable for this potential customer. So we needed to carve the new path to create the new business model that would meet this customer's changing need. This is work for the jungle lion. Now in this example, the zoo lion allowed the jungle lion to lead, to take a risk and see what happened. So not everyone has to be the jungle lion, but you do have to know when to lead and when to follow. So we are coming up on a break and when I come back, I'm going to talk about, you know, are most people jungle lions? or zoo lions. Chat with you in a bit.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Take your business to the next level. Deliver more growth to your bottom line and bring innovation to your organization. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. Lisa Chickles Consulting will work with you to unearth your brand's potential to drive business results. Lisa works with the top brands in the corporate and not-for-profit sectors to develop strategic plans to ensure success. Bring a fresh and original perspective to your business. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. That's LisaChicklesConsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Chat with Chickles. To reach Lisa and her guest today, please call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send Lisa an email To chat with chickles at rogers.com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Thanks a lot for being back with me and chatting about zoo lions and jungle lions and trying to understand which one are you. One of the questions that um, I asked was, you know, what are most people, jungle lions or zoo lions? And has the environment that we live in and work in today? almost tamed all of us so that maybe we're all starting to think in one path or in one way. Well, an experiment that was done called the candle experiment would suggest that perhaps that is what's happened, that our environment has tamed us and that depending on the environment that you're in, it kind of predicts which way you're going to go and that most people are zoo lions. So let me tell you about this, the candle experiment and the project. It was conducted by Professor Dunker. In 1945, so quite a ways back, um, individuals are led into a room that has a table sitting against the wall, and on the wall is a bulletin board. So if you can visualize that, on the table was a box of thumbtacks, some matches, and a candle. And people were asked to attach a lit candle to the bulletin board in a way that the wax wouldn't drip onto the table and to do it as fast as possible. So many who attempted the test tried creative methods, but were unsuccessful. Some took a tack and tried to pin the candle directly onto the bulletin board, but it didn't work. Others lit a match and melted the wax on the side of the candle, and then tried to stick that to the bulletin board, but that also didn't work. People tried many different solutions, and many were unsuccessful, unsuccess- and were unable to see to see the solution. So he continued with a second experiment. He realized that people have difficulty in solving problems when un, one element has a fixed function, meaning that so meaning that I immediately when I see it, I'm interpreting it only in one way. I'm not seeing the other side of the um, of the possibilities of that potential item or function or product, and there and therefore must look at function in a different way. In this case, the problem solver has to be able to realize that the box that the tax are in is actually one of the tools at their disposal. So initially, when he had put it on the table and the tax were in the box, people just assumed that that box was a carrier for the tax. They never thought that that box could actually be, you know, a tool that they could use to help them solve this experiment. So basically, he repeated this experiment and took the tax and... It basically, what he did is this time he placed the text next to the empty box, so people saw them as two separate items instead of one. And guess what happened? People immediately were be able were able to solve the problem. There is, so basically, what he's saying here is very few people can see what other can't. What others can't. But his de- demonstration is a very simple, is a very simple one that helps to illustrate a very important point. Many people struggle to see things differently or to think outside the box. We've heard that that statement many times. We get stuck thinking about a task at hand and the structure that confines us, and we have trouble looking at it differently or seeing it through different eyes. Yet we are charged to be innovative and to improve processes, make more money, improve the bottom line, you know, to make operations run more efficiently and more smoothly, or to lead people to do just that. How as a leader can we get the most out of people, knowing that these confines apply? What if we aren't managing a pride of jungle lions, or what if we are not a jungle lion ourselves? Does an organization need and benefit from both types of lions? Well, I would say yes. I think the zoo lions ground the organization and ensure that the jungle lions are not taking too big a risk. They create the parameters and can be the protector of the environment, but like my colleague, the express business model idea, idea, they need to know when to let go of the reins and let the jungle lion lead or when to follow. Like I said earlier, there are both lions, so this is not always easy. But if you don't let go of the reins and let the jungle lion lead and bring innovation to the organization, the risk is you'll start to burn that poor jungle lion out and the organization will lose their innovative edge. So how can a leader effectively deal with a pride of jungle lions in this in this jungle today? How does he or she harness the power and the energy of such a formidable force? What if he himself or herself is not a jungle lion? Well, I was working with a packaged goods company, and their agency representative was part of a pride of jungle lions. The VP of marketing at the time, quite a brilliant marketer, and clearly a jungle lion, created something called the Journey Team, a group of entrepreneurs charged with bringing significant growth to the organization. Now for those that may not know, an entrepreneur is basically an entrepreneur acting within a large organization who takes direct responsibility for turning an idea into a profitable finished product through assertive risk-taking and innovation. They are the jungle lines in your organization. This team did not approach problems, this journey team in the same way as they did in other parts of the organization. This team had a mandate to think differently, come up with new ideas that will deliver what we called at that time, exponential growth. These were about big ideas, category ideas, not brand ideas. So we ran our meetings differently. That's what we thought. We thought, you know what, if we need to think differently, then let's change our environment. We started every meeting with our vision to ground us in our mission. So we you know, remembered what our mandate was and tried not to go off on too many tangents. We also started each meeting with good news outside of work to change the energy. I don't know if you're like this. I certainly am. You can be in a long day of back-to-back meetings and you're just, you know, getting kind of tired, getting a bit burnt out. Maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed by all the stuff that you have to do. So by starting with, you know, sort of, you know, tell us something great that's happening in your life or a change that you've made or something that you want to share with the group, it was amazing and it could not be work-related. And it's amazing how it changed the dynamics in the group and how people started to feel, you know, get get, get re-energized even in the middle of a long day. Um, So basically, those were some of the things that we did differently so that we could think differently as a group. And it worked. We had come up with at least three um, business ideas that delivered um, exceptional growth to the organization. This is a great example of harnessing the power and the energy of jungle lions or entrepreneurs in your organization. But then something happened. The zoo lions were not happy. We had gone outside of the boundaries of the company. We were seen as exclusive and elitist. The company wanted to put parameters on the team. They wanted everyone to have a chance to join and do a rotation. This completely changed the dynamics of the group. People brought the new people to the group, brought the thinking of it won't work, You know, the whole it-won't-work thinking, or we tried that before and it doesn't work. It felt like someone had thrown cold water on all of our ideas, and eventually the group dissolved. It reminded me of a book called The Art of Innovation by Tom Kelly. It was based on the lessons in creativity from an international design and consulting firm called IDEO. In the book, they talked about how cool companies need hot groups. They believe that great projects are achieved by great teams. And when they say teams, they don't mean just any old team. They're talking about hot groups, project teams that have a clear goal and serious deadline, not a group that defends and preserves the status quo. They identified about six characteristics uh, of a hot group, so I'm just going to read those for you now. First, um, they were totally dedicated to achieving the end result. Second, they phased down a slightly ridiculous deadline. I think they felt that a time pressure also created an environment um, that led to innovation and creativity. Third, the group was irreverent and non-hierarchical. Everybody had an equal voice in the room. Fourth, the team was well-rounded and responded to it, respected and responded to its diversity of thought leadership and approach. Fifth, Um, They work in an open and eclectic space, optimal for flexibility, for group work, and for brainstorming. So again, your environment being an important part of how you work. Finally, the group felt empowered to get whatever else it needed. So if it was information or time to explore a project or to go out into the environment and actually do some observation. This was the type of environment we had created at that packaged goods company with our journey team. It felt like a group of jungle lions coming together to achieve the impossible. It was inspiring, it was motivating, and it was successful. However, it eventually failed or dissolved. And the question is, why? Here's what I think happened, and again, this is my perspective. I don't think the group understood their environment, the environment that they were working in fully. The challenge with a jungle lion is that they can get caught up in their own ideas and, for, and forget to check in with other goals of the organization. Perhaps the, the group did become a bit boastful about their accomplishments and sort of feed that feeling of resentment um, from other people in the organization. Maybe the rotation could have worked, um, bringing new people into the group and giving them the opportunity to experience um, developing ideas in this kind of format. But perhaps Not everybody was right for that kind of experience. Or we needed to think about different rules of engagement so that we could make sure that we were respecting the diversity of the new people's ideas. The other challenge with the jungle line is that they don't know how to slow down. And they aren't always able to assess the burnout or the impact that they're having on their team. I think this also became a bit of a challenge as some of the members of the team were feeling like, really? We have to come up with another idea? And that we didn't maybe take the breaks necessary to recharge. We talked about that a little bit on my show on Teams and, you know, the corporate athlete, making sure that you're taking those times to recover, um, not just to perform. And then it also reminded me of that Google example that I talked about in my show on innovation. So Google, clearly a jungle lion type organization, had provided the concept of 20% time, if you remember, So basically what that was is that you as an individual could spend 20% of your time working on a project that was a personal passion for you and of course related to the organization and the business at hand. Initially they said that this was a very successful concept and it produced a lot of great ideas for the organization and then all of a sudden it wasn't. It was a bit of the law of diminishing returns or they weren't getting back what they had originally thought they would get And that, what they had said in the article that I had read, was that basically the organization was changing. It was growing. And maybe the projects these individuals were working on weren't really helping the overall organizational goal. So they refined it and they put some parameters on it. And they said, okay, 20% time, yeah, absolutely okay. But it needs to be on these issues and these priorities. Because what they realized as an organization is they needed to be able to harness all of this energy towards what was most important for the organization to move forward. So was this wrong? Was it wrong that they changed this idea and it produced a lot of great concepts for them? You know, and my feeling is no. I think the zoo lions in the company or the less extreme jungle lions, whatever you want to call them, recognize that in order to survive in their current environment, they needed to adapt their idea. So you need both. So, so you need to adapt your idea and I think we talked about this a bit of you come up with an idea, but you need to constantly improve it and refine it. Remember, we're in that ever-changing business environment. And as you as an organization are experiencing significant growth, sometimes something that worked last year isn't going to work this year, or you need to think about it in a different way. So in my mind, you need both in your organization. You need your jungle lions and you need your zoo lions. That's going to ensure that you don't burn out your team. And that you create enough parameters within the organization to maximize the current environment and deliver success. So I'm I'm coming up on a break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more of the jungle lion and the zoo lion and tap into some principle from Spencer Johnson's book, Who Moved My Cheese, and how his book gives us some insight into how to anticipate and adapt to change. Chat with you in a bit.
0: From the
1: boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Take your business to the next level. Deliver more growth to your bottom line. And bring innovation to your organization. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. Lisa Chickles Consulting will work with you to unearth your brand's potential to drive business results. Lisa works with the top brands in the corporate and not-for-profit sectors to develop strategic plans to ensure success. Bring a fresh and original perspective to your business. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. That's LisaChicklesConsulting.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Chat with Chickles. To reach Lisa and her guest today, please call into to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send Lisa an email to chat with chickles at rogers.com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Hi everyone, and we are back and we are talking about jungle lions and zoo lions and the jungle lions' ability to see that their environment is changing and that they need to carve a new path, find a new force of a uh, new source of food to survive. And how zoo lions can provide balance to an organization and ensure we are meeting the needs of our current environment. So what happens when we add an external factor to our environment? What happens when our environment changes, sometimes beyond our control? How do jungle lions and zoo lions survive and thrive? They say that 20% of people are truly comfortable with change, and that number gets smaller if you're not communicating the change in your organization or to your partner or in your environment. And that communicating that change, its impact and the benefit. Think back to that example of that organization, the advertising agency that went through significant change, and all of a sudden stopped talking to the people within the organization. They didn't know what was happening. It created some discomfort, which made people less and less comfortable with the change in the environment that was going on. So while Spencer Tracy, Spencer Tracy, sorry, Spencer Johnson tackles this very issue in his book, Who Moved My Cheese?, It's a great and easy read. It's a short book, simple chapters um, for those that don't have a ton of time. And if you've not read it, cheese is used as a metaphor for what you want, your goals in work and in life. And when circumstances, like maybe it's the market or maybe it's your environment changes and they take it away, different people react in different ways. Four characters in the story represent parts of ourselves whenever we are confronted with change. Johnson talks about ways to let change work to your advantage and let it lead you to success. So these four characters, I'll just explain the concept because then it'll all make a little bit more sense just in case you don't know. These four characters in Johnson's book, um, they live in a maze and the maze represents the environment that they are in. So that could be your organi- the organization you work you work in, the relationships you have in your life, or the community that you live in. And in the maze, they're always on the search for cheese to nourish them and make them happy. Right? So that's, that's the context. You've got four characters in a maze, all excited about the cheese. <laughs> so two of the characters are named Sniff and Scurry. They're mice. They represent parts of us that are simple and instinctive. Sniff anticipates change early by sniffing it out, and Scurry quickly scurries into action and adapts. These two characters are like our jungle lion. They see that their environment is changing, and they look to carve a new path. Hem and Haw are the other two characters, and they're little people. Hem denies change and resists it out of fear, and Haw learns in time to adapt when he sees something better. Hem and Haw represent our zoo lion, resisting change or not feeling comfortable outside of the confines of their environment. But zoo lions can adapt but they do need to be shown the way. So how can you feel more comfortable with change? Johnson sums it up this way. Anticipate change, adapt quickly, and enjoy it, and then be ready to change quickly again and again and again. This is the reality of the business world today, constantly changing and evolving. Think about, well, certainly in Canada, the price of oil, the volatility of the markets, you know, in our lovely lagging poor loonie. Well, that's okay for some of us, but what about those of us who are not so comfortable with change, right? So we're living in this environment. It's constantly changing. And what about those of us who aren't comfortable with this? And when we read the paper, it actually makes you feel a bit anxious. So what about these people where having cheese makes you happy, right? So they'd much prefer that, yeah, my loonie stays at a certain point, that the markets are a little more stable because I'm investing for the long term and, you know, I like those predictable outcomes. Johnson says, if you do not change, you can become extinct. Now, in the case of the characters in a book and in a maze, it's okay, but for us, it seems a bit harsh. But what if, but I think what he's trying to say is that you need to find a way to embrace the change or you could get left behind or you may not be able to take full advantage that the opportunity of change is going to provide. He suggests that you ask yourself this question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? I think what he's trying to say is most of us, the reason that we're resistant to change is that we're, we're afraid. We, we don't know what the future is going to be. We don't know what's coming. And it's so much easier and more comfortable to stay where we are. So thinking about that and putting those fears aside, maybe that helps you start to get more comfortable with the idea. Let, let's think about that example that I gave. I think it was in my first show. And for those of you that didn't get a chance to hear it, um, it was about Tabby. Uh, Tabby was a women's clothing retailer that catered to women between the ages of, let's say, 60 and 70. The company needed a new brand positioning to help them appeal To a slightly younger demographic, they were now going, you know, sort of, you know, looking at maybe the 50-year-old or the 45 to 59-year-old woman, while still appealing to their current customer. This was a big change for the organization. People love their jobs, they love the brand, and they didn't want it to change. Wait a minute, we've had such great success, customers love us, why should we change? But the, com- but the company had done the analysis and evaluated the situation and the trends and determined that the environment was changing. And if they did not broaden their focus, they would get left behind. It's interesting. I, I was at a dinner the other night uh, with a woman from the Toronto Symphony, and we talked about the exact same issue. They're a well-established organization with a long history of success and a very loyal founding membership base and funding membership base. The problem was that their membership base was aging and no new members were coming in. Their environment was changing and and if they didn't change, they would be left behind. But how do you continue to support your very loyal founding members and still bring in the younger demographic and meet the needs of both groups? What I've come to realize is that if you communicate with people, like I think at the end of the day, You know, if we understand the facts about what's happening and if we understand the impact and if you honor the past, so you're not saying everything you did was wrong. You're saying what you did was right for that time at that moment in that environment. But guess what? We're moving into a new environment and things are changing. And here's how they're changing. Here's what's really happening. I I think in one of the other shows I talked about, people would go from crossing their arms to leaning in. They started to understand why people wanted to create change in the organization. They weren't doing it to throw out the old and bring in the new. They were doing it so that the organization could continue to thrive and survive. So in the case of Tabby, once people understood the market realities, once it was explained to them, and and then also at the symphony, the same thing. Um, There was someone dedicated to working with that older demographic group to help them, you know, understand the changes that were coming. Because remember, this was something that they loved and they liked the way it worked now. And what this woman had said to me is actually, those members said – Once they understood and they got comfortable and also that they weren't going to be ignored or left behind is that they started to embrace the change and actually said, you know, it's nice to see some young people here for a change. So it was kind of it actually created a positive reaction. I'm sure there's still some people who weren't comfortable, but, but the majority of the people did move over once they understood because also for them. They've worked very hard and tirelessly and invested a lot of money in ensuring that this legacy of the Toronto Symphony continue. So part of them also was saying, I want to make sure that, you know, my kids, my grandkids, you know, what my neighbor's kids, whatever, have this place in the future. So I need to be open and adapt to change. Perhaps it's the job of the jungle lion to help the zoo lions in the organization understand the need for change, And I'd say through excellent, creative, and consistent communication. So people can follow a new path confidently and know that it's going to get them to new cheese, (laughs) which is actually better than old cheese. And I'm not talking about aged cheese. I mean, old meaning, you know, not edible anymore. So how do you anticipate that change is needed? How do you see that change is required, especially if you're not a jungle lion or sniff and scurry in Johnson's story? Well, Johnson says, smell the cheese often so you know if it's getting old. What he's referring to is looking at your data, your sales, what customers are saying about you, and what your competition is doing. In the book, The Art of Innovation, they talk a lot about the power of observation and how observing things can tell you about changes that are coming and that you really need to make sure that you're not sitting there you know, just behind a desk reading a lot of data, that you're actually out in the environment and seeing what's happening in your own market and what the changes are that are coming. When I was working for an advertising agency, the power of observation helped me to see that someone was trying to move my cheese. In the beginning, it was just random thoughts or observations, and then it all started to come together and paint a picture that I did not like. Someone was about to move my cheese, and I was not happy. In my case, all of my clients were in transition. They were either leaving their organizations or moving within their organization but to a different market, so I wouldn't be working with them anymore, and a new leader would be coming in. I started to feel quite vulnerable. Change might mean that I will lose my clients, my cheese, maybe my job, so it can get to that point as well. So I started looking at other trends. What was my competition doing? Well, they were smart. They must have been jungle lions because they were starting to court my new clients. They were starting to meet with them, have meetings, tell them about how great they are. Uh, And this was a huge warning sign to me. And I knew I needed to do something about it. I knew I needed to carve a new path to find new cheese. I had to be a jungle lion or sniff and scurry. So I turned to my, I thought about my clients and said, you know what, how can I turn them leaving into an opportunity? One of my clients was going to another market, and this could be an opportunity for me to expand my business south of the border. Why not? We had worked well together, and the agency I was working with had just made an acquisition in the U.S., and we were well positioned to work with him and his new market. So I thought maybe we could position this as like a think tank for clients. Maybe a Canadian agency could be a boutique. So I brought this idea to two people in senior management. And one of them was a jungle lion and the other a zoo lion. The zoo lion said to me, it will never work. You'll never be able to get business and and everything is new and it's going to be tough. And all I heard is the jungle lion was blah, 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 blah. And I kind of tuned him out. And then being the impatient jungle lion that I am, um, I then went and spoke to someone else who was clearly, you know, similar to me and, you know, saw what I saw. And he said to me, Lisa, what do you need? This is a great idea. How can I help? Um, If you run into resistance, call me. As a jungle lion, of course, I related to his opinion um, more so than the other gentleman. But in hindsight, I should have taken more time with the zoo lion, understood his concerns and the barriers he saw, so I could be better prepared to deliver on the idea. The trouble with a jungle lion is that they don't slow down to consider all of the risks, so they can prepare a better plan. And the trouble with a zoo lion is They can let fear get in the way of new ideas. So the answer is really to work together, you know, so that you can carve the best path possible for change and success. And Johnson goes on to talk about that in his book and how you can anticipate change. He talks about making sure that you're noticing kind of those early signs, those small changes that you can adapt along the way. And that you can, you know, hopefully see the handwriting on the wall and that change happens. He says that keep that keep moving, they keep moving the cheese. That's life. As we said, the one constant in life is change. So move with it and enjoy it. It's so important that you look for these signs. And if you are someone who doesn't see them or can't see them for whatever reason, and someone comes to you and says, hey, look at this. You know what? If it makes sense and they've got the facts to back it up, which would give you the comfort that you need, just get on board. Leverage their skills. Embrace their vision. Um, Old beliefs do not lead to new ideas or new cheese. Remember, you're not giving up something. You may be finding some new cheese because movement in a new direction is always a good thing. So I see that we're coming up on a break and I will be back with you in a few minutes to wrap up.
1: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network take your business to the next level deliver more growth to your bottom line and bring innovation to your organization visit lisa consulting.com lisa chickles consulting will work with you to unearth your brand's potential to drive business results Lisa works with the top brands in the corporate and not-for-profit sectors to develop strategic plans to ensure success. Bring a fresh and original perspective to your business. Visit LisaChicklesConsulting.com. That's LisaChicklesConsulting.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Chat with Chickles. To reach Lisa and her guest today, please call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send Lisa an email to chatwithchickles
2: at rogers.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back and I'm chatting about jungle lions and zoo lions and moving cheeses. (laughs) So what does all this mean? Well, one thing I I think we can all agree upon is that today's business world is more of a jungle. Um, It is ever changing, growing and evolving. It's far from predictable, reliable, or safe. Gone are the days of using past results to predict future behavior, doing what's proven, not innovating because of fear of failure or worrying more about getting fired for doing something than fired for doing nothing? Understanding if you're a jungle line or a zoo line will help you to prepare for this ever-changing environment. Do you identify with sniff and scurry or hem and haw in Johnson's book? As a leader, leveraging the law of intuition and being able to read yourself is a huge advantage. It gives you the power of insight so you can adapt to your ever-changing environment. It also helps you to see your blind spots what you cannot see because you favor one style over the other. As a leader, you have to be able to read the people and the environment around you so you can leverage the jungle lines and the zoo lines in your midst. I have to confess that this episode was not easy for me to write. I love the concept, but really favored the jungle lion given my own experience. My collaborator, editor, and friend, Jane Donville, challenged me and said, I think both exist in today's business world and both are needed and then I realized that in this situation so in the roles uh, that we play in putting this show together we are two different kinds of lions working together in this case I'm the jungle lion and Jane is the zoo lion and I can tell you um, she is right you need both Jane makes me pause take a pause and carefully select which new path I'm going to carve Jane sees what I can't see. She also sees and knows my blind spots. So as a leader, um, know who you are, know your blind spots, and embrace both kinds of lions. And if you're a jungle lion, make sure you have a zoo lion on your team so that they can make sure you are carving the best path possible to success. And if you're a zoo lion, don't be afraid to follow a jungle lion out of the maze they will lead you to new cheese, I promise. Perhaps um, perhaps you'll be like the guys in the movie in the big short. I don't know if anyone's seen that or not. It's a great movie. Um, as you can see, now that I'm doing this show, whatever I do, I always, I'm always thinking about these ideas and concepts. Um, so there's no spoiler alert here. We all know how the movie ends. And the movie explains that there are four outsiders who saw what the big banks, media, and government refused to see, the global, e- the global collapse of the economy. And they came up with an idea, the big short. They looked at the trends and saw the housing bubble and saw that the housing bubble was about to burst. And Michael Burry was the first to see it. And he was so confident that he was right that he went against all convention and shorted the market. He was definitely a jungle lion, a sniff and scurry. At some points in the movie, I thought maybe he was a bit early. But anyway, it all worked out. Um, And then other people saw what he was doing, and jumped on the bandwagon. Well, they hemmed and hawed for a bit, but in the end, they realized that the cheese was moving. So they followed him to new cheese and basically followed him to that success. So like I said, they can lead you to new cheese and help you manage through significant change with great success. So in the coming weeks, we'll be chatting more about this topic and look at the different personality styles, you know, those testing methods like, you know, a Myers-Briggs and colors, and how they can be a huge support to a leader, Um, and where they can fall short at times. You know, sometimes these things are positioned in organizations as a way of saying, well, only these kinds of people are allowed in my organization. And we know from the discussion today that you need all kinds, you need a balance in your organization. In that advertising agency that I was working with, with Goodwin Gibson, we had done one of these personality test type things, and it became very clear that in our organization, we had way too many jungle lions, and really that didn't protect us from the changes that were coming. We didn't have the other skill set more zoo lions that would help us carve the right path and also uh, rein those jungle lions in a bit when we were going too far in one direction. So we'll chat more about that. I think it all can also, those personality type testings and styles can give people sometimes excuses for bad behavior or for not changing or adapting to the team around them. Well, I'm like this, therefore that's how I am. Well, that's what those, that's not what those things are for. Those things are there to help you have more insight so that you can be a better leader and build a stronger team. I want to talk more about culture. I had brought that up in a few shows and how that has has got in the way of innovation and how the culture of the organization can predetermine which direction um, you're going to go in when change is upon you. And I also want to talk about Implementation. So okay, we've talked about strategy, we've talked about leaders, knowing yourself, we've talked about innovation, but what about those people that have great ideas that never really seem to get implemented, or they're implemented, but not to the full benefit um, of their potential, like they weren't able to reach that full potential. Um, I have a guest in mind, and she has agreed, so that's awesome. And her expertise is around just that, is around understanding the role that process can play in delivering great innovation and great results so just in making sure that you've got what you need in your team to be able to build for the future so those are some of the shows that i want to talk about and i'd also like to think more about critical thinking so that's maybe some of the insight that the jungle lion has um, is the way that they think actually gives them that insight to see what's coming in the future so I also want to talk about some areas in terms of looking at different structural models. So, you know, we had talked in one of our shows about innovation, the role of structure. Well, how can structural actually be an enabler to your organization and to innovation? How can it help you to create the right model for success? I think we've all been there. We've been in environments where, boy, I feel so tired all the time. What's going on? Well, an expert in this area had said to me, sometimes it means that you have too big a gap in your organization between one level and another and that you're constantly there trying to be that leader of ideas and innovation, but that you then have to step back down into the role and help on the implementation side and help people to see the vision. So we talked about like making sure that all of those levels of structure were working in concert to help you build the right team So that everyone was working at the right level. He also talked about what can happen when people were at too similar a level. So I had two direct reports. Um, One was supposed to report to the other, but they had pretty much the same level of expertise. They were both at the same level of seniority. And the challenge that we had there was that one person kept going around the other. And what he helped me to understand is that's very natural. So if you're working with someone that's at a similar level and you're supposed to be reporting to them, and maybe they're not seeing things as fast as you are and you have a deadline, you're going to start working around those people. So he said it was also important to make sure that you understood those dynamics, that people were in their right roles so that they could deliver for their organization. So really, at the end of the day, what is this all about? It's about really having that intuitive sense, the sense of what your strengths are as a leader, knowing yourself knowing what you, where your blind spots are and how to build a team so that you can protect yourself against those blind spots. And then also how do you lead that team to success and innovation to come up with those great ideas like they talked about at IDEO and creating those, you know, power centers of innovation or an overall, you know, organizational innovation idea like Google had with their 20% time. So it's about that and then it's about, You know, how do we get to implementation? How do we help people to execute flawlessly so that they can deliver great results for the organization? I don't know about you, but I've worked on projects and innovations, and I think I've talked about them on the show, where we spent so much time on the strategy and debating and getting all the zoo lions on side with the jungle lions, that when it came time for implementation, there was a lot of stuff that we didn't see. We didn't maximize the full potential of the implementation of that idea because we spent far too much time on, on the wrong thing. So how do you find that right balance? How do you make sure that you're spending your time on the right thing, being the best leader that you can and leveraging the resources that you have? So that's the end of our show today, and I want to thank you for listening. And I hope you found today's topic helpful and something that you can put into everyday practice. This show is for jungle lions and zoo lions. For leaders, whether you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, this is what they couldn't teach you in business school because really, you have to live it to get it. You can reach me at chatwithchickles at rogers.com. That's chat with C-H-I-C-U-L-E-S at rogers.com. Like me on Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter, and check out my website at lisachicklesconsulting.com. Chat with you again next week. Thank you for
1: joining us for Chat with Chickles. Please tune in again next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition with brand expert Lisa Chickles on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again on the next show.